0: ways but uh, the main focus of the book of Galatians is legalism and uh, we'll be looking at a little bit different uh, idea that Paul's writing about uh, in the book of Galatians chapter 4 uh, verse 8 I won't ask you to stand at the moment we'll read the first piece of verses uh, here in a minute but the uh, we're going to read 13 verses today and these 13 verses Paul expresses concern and uh, He's concerned for the Galatians because the Galatians were doing certain things, and we've already seen that the Galatians are doing a lot, but there's particular things that Paul's concerned about, and really there's three R's that I, I see here. We have, we have regression, we have relationship, and we have reasons. So Paul was concerned with the uh, Galatians regressing back uh, to the old ways, to the slavery of legalism. Uh, Paul was also concerned with the relationship between himself and the Galatians, and Paul was also concerned about the reasons why the Judaizers were so adamant about pushing them into uh, believing their particular system. Uh, so, if you want to stand with me this morning, in chapter four, verse eight, we'll read through verse twelve. Uh, the word of God says, "This is howbeit, then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods." But now, after that ye have known God, or rather, are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Ye observe days, and months, and times, and years. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. Ye have not injured me, at all, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you once again for allowing us to come together. We thank you for this uh, special day, Lord. I, I pray that you'll watch over each and everybody that's in here in attendance, Lord. Those ones that couldn't make it this morning for whatever reason, Lord, I I pray that you'll help them, that you'll guide them, that you'll guide us this morning. That you'll help us uh, uh, preach the word of God in a way that's pleasing unto you, Lord. I just humbly pray that you hide us behind the cross, that you use us, and watch over these uh, the many prayer requests, and many needs, and many uh, things in our community. We pray for safety over those ones that are out and about for the next few days with the holidays lord i just thank you and for your many blessings in jesus name i ask amen now uh in the first uh, few verses of this we, we see paul sort of addressing certain things he he says pretty much formally you were slaves to false gods in the first couple of verses that we read now before uh they were saved i want you to realize that they were slaves to false gods uh, according to acts 14 if you read acts 14 it talks about them even worshiping zeus and hermes but they had come to know the true and living god so these are people that had one time been worshiping zeus and hermes uh, different kinds of roman gods and mythologies They had been introduced to the true and living god and he was concerned that they had become out of slavery and to worship something that was not real and now they had went back <laughs> into worshiping something that once again was not real. It was maybe of God, but it was not something that was truly salvation based. They had been that that slavery to that, and they had been set free by believing in Jesus Christ. Now they they went under the law. It was the same as returning to false gods, following a law, and following and, and returning to something that is weak, uh, following something that is. Uh, Has miserable principles Uh, the Galatians forgot what they once were the Galatians uh, uh, had looked at this and they have started observing special days it says in verse 10 the days the months the years the seasons whatever we want to call that and some use this particular verse that Paul writes here to say well you can't celebrate birthdays and that's that's not what Paul's talking about Paul's not saying we can't have Christmas we can't have this day. Uh, Paul's not trying to say that. He's, he's, the intent of this message is not to forbid them from celebrating Christmas. It was simply pointing out that these things will not save you. Uh, following certain uh, requirements, following Mosaic calendars, or using Mosaic law, following calendars and special days... They're not going to save you, Church of Galatia. And that's what he's trying to tell them today. They're trying to convince them and try to. They were keeping special days, they were keeping these special months. So if you look at any kind of desk calendar, and it always kind of. Uh, it tickles me sometimes when I get a desk calendar and it's just covered in almost any kind of holidays. It doesn't matter almost what religion you are. There's almost a holiday on every other day, covering different stuff, and it's kind of interesting to to go through and like, okay, well this is this, and you have to Google it because I don't know what these uh, different holidays are, and you find out, hey, this is a Jewish holiday. This is a Mosaic uh, holiday, and I, I've dealt with companies that are owned by the Jews and they follow Mosaic law calendars. No shutdown for very, very multiple days throughout the year observing the Mosaic Law calendar. And it's very interesting to see that. And that's what Paul's trying to address with them, that these Mosaic days, these special calendars, these, these extra things that you're having to do, they're not going to do anything for you. There's no purpose to them. You know, uh, we, we want to enforce these things, and if we want to enforce it in the thought process of we can't, observe days or months or seasons like some people do, just taking it for what it says. We should just keep our A.C. running all the way through summer, all the way in the winter, uh, because we won't—we don't recognize that there's winter, or we don't recognize that there's spring, by just going and keeping the heater on uh, from the winter before. That's a simplistic way to look at this, but that's not what Paul's trying to address. Uh, Paul's trying to address the Mosaic calendars and the different uh, Old Testament Uh, things that he had to keep and if you want to take it literally we don't have to observe months we don't have to observe seasons or anything like that but it says in verse 11 in so many ways he says i fear that i have wasted my my efforts what i've done uh, has been nothing i have done all this work and i feel like nothing has come back and he's got two greek words there and i won't try to uh, pronounce them but it, it means labor to the point of exhaustion And then it means in vain for nothing is what they mean. So he has labored very hard to set up the church of Galatia. I would imagine that it was very difficult to take these people. This is mostly Gentile church. Take these people that were worshiping Zeus and Hermes and all these different kinds of gods and bring them in and help them understand the true living God of salvation. He feels like what he's done is nothing. Why did I preach? Why did I teach? Why did I set up and help you understand a, a, what a pastor needs to be and what a, a, what a hierarchy of the church needs to be and how to worship and do these certain... Why did I do all these things if you're just going to go back to the law? Why did I do them? He feels like he'd wasted his time. He, he, sh- he shows a strong distaste with the way he words that for legalism. He says, I feel like I've wasted my time because y'all went back to saying you need something else you went back to listening to these people that say that I'm wrong. I don't know why I wasted my time. He has a strong distaste. And these people had put themselves under Old Testament law, and I want you to realize something. They were never under the law to begin with. Uh, now, if we were studying about Jews, and there's Messianic Jews, if you understand that they believe in Jesus Christ, they're also Jews... Uh, but it, it would be a little different to understand a Jew saying that yes, I may need to follow Old Testament law because I am a Jew, but now I believe in Jesus Christ. I could see them backing up and saying, we're, we're still going to keep these laws, but these were Gentiles that had never followed the law to begin with. And now they're saying, well, we're saved, we're set free by Jesus Christ, we've received salvation, and, and I, I believe Paul felt like he had won the world by setting up this church. He walks away for a little while, he gets letters, hears of news. These guys are following Mosaic law over there. Doesn't he feel like a waste? These people were so confused, had been tricked, and we've already talked about it in different pieces of Scripture from the book of Galatians where he was just perplexed that they had followed this Old Testament law. And he says in verse 12, become like me. Become like me. Now Paul told the Galatians, be like me because I became like you. What's Paul trying to say? Well, Paul was a Jew. We've already talked about it before. He was a Jew among Jews. He was going around killing Christians. uh, He 100% believed. He was very gung-ho for what he believed in. But when he became a Christian, when he accepted Christ, there was nothing else. He accepted Christ, and he knew by grace alone. That was it. Become like me, not particularly like, like him and go to school and become educated. Become like me by deserting all that junk behind you and only knowing about Jesus, only knowing about love, only knowing about forgiveness, only knowing about grace. Don't worry about the calendars, don't worry about special days, don't worry about special feasts, uh, uh, dietary laws, don't worry about uncleanliness. Uh, the only thing that will clean you is Jesus Christ, and it's open to all. That's what Paul is. He's, he's so upset. It's almost like if I came into church one Sunday and you're like, you know, uh, we got to have a year of Jubilee this year because this has been so many years since we've set up our church. This, this week, Zach, is a special week that we're going to do this particular thing. And I want you to know, as a pastor and a preacher, it has always annoyed me. And I don't mind telling you this. My wife probably knows this. It has always annoyed me to be expected to preach holidays. That really bugs me. On Mother's Day, people want a Mother's Day message. <laughs> On Father's Day, people want a Father's Day message. On Christmas, we got to have a Christmas message. Boy, I don't like that. We come in and we, we expect certain things uh, that we can tie the gospel of Jesus around a day. That's what Paul's talking about. We're not going to wrap Jesus around a day. <laughs> the day needs to be wrapped around Jesus. The day needs to be dedicated to the Lord preaching his gospel. And we've stayed in the book of Galatians, you know what? I didn't get out of the book of Galatians for July 4th. <laughs> that didn't really matter to me a whole lot. Now, I love my country, but I'm not going to stand behind a pulpit and preach nationalism, okay? We have to love Jesus. There is nothing else. And that's it. After salvation Paul was like a Gentile free from the law. And that's what he wanted them to realize. You are free from the law. And I don't know if y'all know this or not but I believe all y'all are Gentiles. We are Gentiles. And after salvation Paul became like a Gentile. But these Gentiles were doing just the opposite. They had never known the law before salvation. And they had never known the law, but they were doing just the opposite. They had now taken up the law. And now that they were saved, they were trying to be under the law, which didn't make any sense. And I hope that it doesn't make sense to you. It was also concerned with Paul's relationship, his relationship to the Galatian church. In 13 of this same chapter, it says, You know that through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first, and my temptation... Which was in my flesh, ye despised not, nor rejected me; received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Where is then the blessedness ye speak of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, ye would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. I am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Y'all realize Paul says that I went into where you guys were. I, there was some infirmity, and I don't understand what kind of sickness Paul had, but Paul, when he showed up uh, to the church that is now Galatia when he's writing this message, when he writes this letter, he's sick when he is presenting the gospel to these people. But he says that you didn't worry about my sickness, you didn't worry about my infirmity, you didn't worry about uh, what was going on with me. You accepted me with gladness, and he wrote in so many ways that if, you had, if I had told you to pluck your eyes out of your head and give them to me, you would have done it, because you believed me. And you believe what I was preaching. And that's Paul is just so torn up. And the whole whole purpose of the book of Galatians, which is preaching on and and speaking to them about legalism and following certain things and adding to Jesus Christ and faith, is you believed me so much when I was there before. You believe what I preached to you the last time I was there, but now if I show up, am I going to be your enemy? He's worried about the relationship that he had. These people loved each other, no doubt, but Paul also loved them, and they loved Paul. They accepted him and loved him. Why? Because they brought truth. Paul was bringing truth to them, and when he left, uh, there had been a lot of problems, and they had been uh, looking at it. Now he was worried about them treating them like an enemy. He can expressed concern over this change. And a lot of folks appreciate a pastor as long as he says what they want to hear. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) I've been there enough to know that people like it when the preacher preaches what they like. When the preacher preaches what they don't like, they don't like the preacher too much anymore after that. And (laughs) when he quits tickling their itching ears, he becomes the enemy. The Galatians once admired Paul, but now they hated him. Why did they hate Paul? They hated Paul possibly because of what Paul was preaching and it was the truth. People do not like to hear the truth a lot of times. And when he told them the truth in verse 16, I want you to realize something. There was a look at a difference. And I'll I'll tell you something about being the pastor. And I I see Paul as being the founding pastor, a leader, a a distant leader of this church. And I'll tell you uh, some of the difficulties of being a pastor to a church. I want you to know that when you have gray hair, which I'm starting to get gray and wipe my beard. My wife points that out to me. I'm getting wiped my beard and the hair is falling off my head. Uh, people will say that you'll never reach young people, but if you're but if you're too young, you'll never be able to reach the the older people. You don't have any experience if you're too young. If you have any children, or if you don't have any children, you say they're setting a bad example. But if you have too many children, they're saying, "Well, that's, they're having too many children." <laughs> If you, if you preach from notes, they say you're preaching canned sermons, but if you preach from the hip, they're saying, well, that's just, just not deep enough, that's too shallow, we're not getting enough meat. If you pay attention to the poor, you're grandstanding, but if you don't pay attention to the poor, you just don't understand the poor. If you use too many illustrations, you neglect the Bible, but if you don't use enough, you don't know what you're talking about. If you condemn sin, you're just a cranky old preacher. But if you don't condemn sin, you're a compromiser. If you preach the truth, you'll offend folks. If you don't preach the truth, you're a hypocrite. If you don't please everybody, and I want you to listen to this one. I'll save this one for last. If you don't please everybody, then you're hurting the church. I've heard that. If you do please everybody, you're a man pleaser. Heard that one too. There is a reason why there are so many pastors that are not pastoring. There is. I'm 34 years old. And if I thought I could get out of it some way (laughs) and never do it again, I would. There's a lot of very difficult things that men and, and churches go through. They get burned out. They become cynical. They become unemployed. Why? Because it's so difficult. The church tries, tries to be legalistic. The church tries to apply different things. And I want you to know, church, I'm not pointing at y'all saying y'all have done anything to make me mad. I haven't used this as a, as a podium or a soapbox to tell, me, tell you that you've done anything wrong. But so many of us are doing things wrong. We're trying to be legalistic. When Paul first preached, he had an illness. We don't know what the illness was, but the Galatians accepted Paul even though he was sick, even though he had an illness. And they treated him as a weak messenger. They treated him as somebody they could lift up, and they received him as one that they would receive an angel or even Christ himself. That's what that verse tells us. They accepted him and they loved him. And another question that he asked them is What's happened to your joy? In verse 15, what's happened to your joy? I could preach on that for a month straight, on the joys of Jesus Christ and the joy of being saved and the joy, uh, my goodness, that will preach. <laughs> we just look at a close look at this. If we, we could preach on this for as long as we want to, but where did your joy go? Where, where did your happiness go? You used to be happy, but now you're mad. You used to be happy, but now you're sad. We, I left a church that was so happy and on fire for God and was just so happy to give and, and embrace people and love people. Hey, some of y'all are smiling right now just thinking about some of the goodness that went on. That's what Paul was missing. He went back to them and said, I don't know what's happened here, but we're not smiling. We, we, we don't see what's going on in these spiritual lives. They let the devil sneak up and steal their joy. They became somebody that says, we love Jesus, we're Gentiles, we've never accepted Jesus before. But now we've got to follow this, these things, these, these old laws. Now they're doom and they're gloom. And if we go back, we've already preached it once to one time before. The law brought death. The law brought punishment. Grace brings joy. Grace brings life. The law brings death. We've already covered that <laughs> with one of these messages. That's how good the joy is with Jesus Christ. We, they let the devil sneak up in the church of Galatia. There was murmuring. There was complaining. But when they had received Paul, they received Paul with joy. What happened? They were questioning his apostleship. They had been bragging about how he started churches out there. And now they had listened to Judaisers and following the law and everything that Paul had taught them. And now they said, well, that's all wrong. Ain't nothing right about that. Ain't nothing right about it. They had turned against the Lord. They had turned against the gospel. And they had turned against the preacher that brought them the gospel. Everything that had been brought into the church at Galatia to set that up had been abandoned. By other people infiltrating them. The third thing that we want to look at is reasons. He was upset with the reasons. Now, in 17 it says, They zealously affect you, but not well. Yea, they would exclude you that you might affect them. And verse 18 is, But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing. And not only when I am present with you, my little children, of whom I travail and birth again until Christ be formed in you, I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. What's Paul trying to say with these verses? The motives for sharing the gospel at Galatia were pure when Paul brought the gospel. When the Judaizers bring the gospel, I want you to realize what the Judaizers were trying to do. The Judaizers didn't seek for people to proclaim the name of Jesus and to uplift the name of Jesus. The Judaizers wanted to be lifted up themselves. Yes, that's what they wanted. The Judaisers wanted to be lifted up. Now, how many times have we seen that in church? People want to be lifted up. Uh, The legalists used flattery. The legalists were using it for a personal following, to follow me, to listen to me. And Paul wanted people to follow Jesus. That's what they wanted. It was a very simple thing to understand. The interesting double use of the verb to be zealous, Paul said, was to be zealous to win. They had won over the people. It's fine to be zealous as long as we have the right motives. It's fine to be on fire for something if we're on fire for the right thing. It's okay to be, on, to be really pushy about something when we're pushing it for Jesus Christ. And He says, my beloved children, my dear children, in verse 19, Paul compared himself a, a sort of like the church at Galatia were his children is what he's trying to say. I love you like I would my own children. Uh, and, and I love you and I've set you up. And most of any of us here, I believe that if we had children, if we had children that we loved and we set them apart and they went out their own way and they went completely against all their raising, we would be upset. We would say, Oh. Well, what in the world did I do wrong? I told them everything they needed to know. I showed them everything. I helped them as much as I could. I raised them. I, I corrected them when they needed correction. I walked away. And now they acted like a bunch of goofballs. That's what the Paul, Paul was saying about the church of Galatians. You're my children. I love y'all, but I don't know what in the world has gotten in y'all. Y'all ain't listening to nothing. I told y'all y'all didn't need that. Now, how many, how many else would be annoyed by that? Yeah, I would get annoyed. I've showed you all these things. He longed for them to be transformed into the image of Christ. He was anxious for them to get back to God's purpose for every single Christian. We are to follow after Christ and to live His life in us through us. In Galatians 2.20 it says... I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, not yet I, but Christ liveth in me. We've already preached this before. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And verse 20 says, I wish I could be with you now. I wish I could be there. Paul, no doubt, didn't feel like a letter was sufficient. And who would? Who would feel like a phone call is sufficient? Uh, Who would feel like writing a letter or sending a text message is sometimes sufficient? It's not. You you, you can't try to have correction and and try to express love and and try to help people. They don't get all those emotions in a letter. They don't get all those feelings in a text message or an email. Paul's writing this letter and he says, I wish I could be there to tell you. I wish that I could be there and embrace you. I wish that I could be there like I I would want to be with my own children. I would want to be there. Paul was afraid that their growth was stunted. I I believe that Paul, when he heard this news and he was writing this letter, I I think that he expected the worst. Did he really think a letter would change the church at Galatia? I don't know if he did or not. But he wrote them the letter so they'd know. He wanted to be with them. He wanted to preach to them again. And he wanted to love them and convince them personally. How much of a, as a church today, do we want to literally convince people that Jesus loves them? Paul wanted to convince people. As they get a verse or some song ready this morning, I want you to realize that we have to have a longing, a needing. A Paul did as much as he could. Paul could not physically go back to the church of Galatians, but if he could, he would have. Are we doing as much as we can as God's people? Paul was writing this heartfelt letter. Paul was expressing his distaste, his displeasure, and giving them examples upon examples of their failures on how they had listened to the wrong teachings. Can we, as Christians today, do the same? Can we, as Christians today, know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are doing everything that we can do? Everything that we can do. That we can love the Lord beyond how much we need to love Him. We can preach the Gospel beyond what we need to preach. We can love people beyond how much we need to love them and help them. Have we done that fully this morning as we stand with Paige?